Sunbelt Conference, which to me is like Tesla five years ago, the electric vehicle market five years ago, where it's really diamond in the rough, people say. So who the hell am I, and why the heck should you listen to anything I have to say? Well, I've been BA, I've had clients that worth $50 million and above for more than a decade. Paid for my expensive life here in Southern California. What I do is I use business financial concept in the same process that I use to evaluate an investment, evaluate stock, evaluate the situation in order to come up with the op optimal outcome. It's the same process I use in determining the outcome of college football games. So. Every meeting for me, and every podcast is a business meeting, has to have a purpose and an outcome. So the purpose is to make as much money as possible and have as much fun as possible. Because as uh, life has taught us with COVID and everything else, and what's always been this way, uh, you have to maximize each moment. And we live in a $139 trillion market. So we have a great opportunity to not only be able to create a really good income for ourselves, but those around us and having a good time doing it. In the episode notes, I will have the top 10 rules of betting. And number one is never bet your own team. And that's, I actually have a, a team here in the Sunbelt Conference. Number two is always do your research. So you want to bet on a Wednesday night, middle of the season, a, a Sunbelt game, and you haven't done your research during the summer, I am going to make more money on Wednesday nights betting these games than you are. Bottom line. But listen to the podcast, listen to the hows, the whys, so you can also monetize, right? Be able to monetize those Wednesday nights and have a better time. Keep relationships. Your wife isn't going to be as mad at you for watching of those uh, Sunbelt Conference football games during the season, right? And, and that's what you want to do with sports betting. You want to keep relationships. And the way you keep relationships in sports betting is by having a process where you are winning uh, Consistent, right? So something to be business has to be repeatable and scalable. So they have a process. Specifically, uh, last two years I haven't gotten there, but before I've been 70%. 52.5% is break even. Via professional, we have to be 59%. Last couple of years I've been around 65%, a little below, uh, profited. $50,000 each year. So 
it's important, right? It's important to track everything, to be transparent. All the pictures I give for free, right? I have securities licenses. They can charge anyways if I wanted to. So, uh, we work on it, right? Uh, and before we get into the uh, nuts and bolts of the Sunbelt Conference, a note about how you go about picking games and a note about the Sunbelt Conference. In football, you have your developmental teams and you have your blue blood teams. Developmental teams can be just as good as your blue blood teams with confidence, execution, good coaching, uh, and a really good mentality, right? 80% of the players in the Super Bowl are three stars in blue off. And especially where we live, the United States is 139 trillion dollar mark in evolution population growth. Marginal utility is very important. That's why if you're in a competitive industry, details matter. Business details matter. What you feel might be insignificant in matter. Uh, it matters with entrepreneurship and it matters with some belt conference teams and developmental teams. You hear about UCLA, USC, going to big conferences, you know, blue bloods. But honestly, some conference teams can beat both of those teams in the right situation, right execution, and confidence. Confidence will get you a lot wet. The marginal utility is important. So, by definition, marginal utility, marginal utility. It's a benefit gained by consuming one additional unit of a good or service. If you compare the top uh, 1,000 football players, 200 are going to be elite, 201 to 1,000 are going to be pretty much the same. What's going to differentiate them is how do they develop, you know, how are their summers? How are they winning winter lifting? Uh, how consistent are they? All those things factor in to the quality, right, and uh, the outcomes of a college football player. So the Sunbelt Conference could be as good as any other conference, any Power 5 conference, by optimizing their developmental skills. So, uh, big to the Summer Conference is Joe uh, Magola. I think you pronounced the last name like that. He is the former CEO of TD Ameritrade. Okay? So, TD Ameritrade, he becomes a billionaire. He retires because what he wants to do with his life, who he is, is a football coach. At a billion dollars. So what does he do? He uh, creates this program from scratch, Coastal Carolina. A lot of people like to bet Coastal Carolina because they covered the spread a lot. He's this billionaire has coached this team, has coached this program, has created, designed this program uh, like a business, right? 
And in business, you have to make decisions without having all of the information. That's why sports betting is so good for business thinking. Because you're not going to have all of the information all of the time. Really or not. But 80% of the time, you have to be right. So you don't end up homeless, right? Making business decisions. So uh, he takes over Coastal Carolina. Now they're in the Southern Conference. Now they're upper level football. Uh, they pretty much have won eighty percent of their games, and eighty percent big number for them because of probability theory. The highest level of certainty is eighty percent. So in a week, pretty much. Uh, you can do better than 80%, but 80% is always the goal. I've hit 70% for a whole year. I made a hundred grand betting, you know, uh, football. But I share, right? I'm sharing with you how to have that type of success. Now, before they probably change everything, right? Or things change, because that's the concept of life. So he takes over this gentleman, uh, CEO of uh, TD Ameritrade, takes over the program, gets it to upper level division one, gets it to the Sunbelt Conference. So it's very important that, you know, they tap into his knowledge and the folks at the Sunbelt Conference with really, what I read about that, they're really doing that at the, uh, commissioner level. They're doing a great job looking at this like entrepreneurship and creating a multiple uh, with marketing, right? Which Mr. Magola, I'll figure out his last name, but the CEO from TD Ameritrade, he knows how to do that. So the Sunbelt Conference can be as good as anybody else. There's two factors I mentioned, marginal utility and that you have a billionaire who knows how to make something from nothing, right? And he knows how to compete at the highest level of business. It doesn't always translate to football. In this case, he does because he's had a passion for it uh, his whole life. So uh, it's a conference that's changing. And one note before we start, that uh, listeners to the podcast the last few years know this and using business and financial concepts in order to consistently predict the outcome of football games to make money, right? And to have fun, more money than you ever thought. Now, in my day job, right? Picking stocks, picking investments. Most of the time, I use fundamental analysis. It's always a debate between fundamental analysis and technical analysis. Really, you use both. No one's ever gotten rich with technical analysis. People have gotten rich selling technical analysis, like the people you see on CNBC. They're there on TV instead of uh, an island in Fiji. Because they want to sell you technical analysis. And if they had gotten rich with technical analysis, you would not be watching them. <laughs> People have gotten rich using fundamental analysis and 
looking at mistakes, right? And leveraging mistakes. So you look at, uh, you do your research, and then you look at mistakes and errors in the line, and that's one way to make money. Right? So we make money in all kinds of different ways. We use different tools in our toolbox while we're picking particular games. Uh, but those are the fundamental underlying evidence, if you would, uh, when you start the process of picking games. But right now, in the summer, start, you know, researching the Sun Belt Conference makes money six months from now. You gotta do your research. Like any other business problem or business case, any investment, right? Always do your research. So we start getting to the nuts and bolts. And within fundamental analysis, this analogous to picking football game, if you have to study the corporate structure, the corporate governance, who is calling the shot? Is it Elon Musk, right? You people bet on Elon Musk. He's a great manager. Elon Musk said, and I disagree with him a little bit, he said, you get to the truth to predict out. Right? So you do your research, I say, to get to as close to the truth as possible. Now, we don't have as much resources as Elon Musk, the richest man in the world, but you got Phil Still Magazine, does a great job. I would encourage everybody to pick it up. You have to, beyond Phil Steele, you have to go and do your research from other sources. Do you know somebody from these schools who's a big football fan? Call them up, have them talk about their favorite subject, the football team. Learn that way. And also do your internet research. But you have to do your research to get to that 60, 70%. Remember, 52.5% is break even. And having fun watching. So, you look at the corporate governance. We talked about the corporate governance of the Sunbelt Conference and why the Sunbelt Conference is as good as anybody else will have a lot of success and it's fun watching their football games. So, we'll start with the nuts and bolts. We'll start with no particular order, really alphabetical, but Appalachian State. Appalachian State returns 86 career starts on the offensive line. What I look at when I am researching teams is usual, right? You gotta factor all of them in. Not one factor with a servo bullet that'll answer everything. But you look at all of them and you look at the situation, corporate governance of the team, and then you make a determination. Uh, the offensive line is important, right? Whoever controls the line of scrimmage has an advantage in football generally. Not all the time. There's no absolutes. But most of the time, that is the case. So the more football team has played, the more experience they have, uh, it's, a, it's a factor to look at, right? To put it, it's part, put it in your tool belt, put it in your spreadsheet to uh, evaluate teams. So 86 career starts. John Clark is the offensive line coach. He's a does a great job on developing players. Now, a place like Appalachian State, really all of them, 
but Appalachian State's Coastal Carolina. It's great that they have assistants that have coached there and understand where to go recruit players so they can develop. So this is really uh, every team in this conference is a developmental team. Now, Alabama, Ohio State, those got those teams just with talent, without developing players, just with talent can win football games and be successful. However, they are complete and they'll go ahead and develop their players as much as possible getting to the NFL. You know, Nick Satan in Alabama always talks about the hundreds of millions of dollars that his players have made in the NFL. They like to develop him. So to be a complete coach, to be good, you have to be good at developing players. With that being said, this on this level, it's all about development. It's all about uh, choosing the right players, right? And having the right uh, weight and conditioning program. And it's always, you got to do research on the strength and conditioning coach. There's a reason why the strength and conditioning coach at the University of Georgia is making $1.2 million a year. Strength and conditioning coach at Alabama is making whatever, a million. They're not just giving that money away just to give it away. There's a purpose, right? And there's an outcome they want. Purpose and out. Purpose of the podcast is to make money and to research and to communicate to you ways and ideas you can make money during the college football season. So back to Appalachian State. They're in Boone, North Carolina. Beautiful area. Uh, it's a great university. They've had a lot of success. And 86 career starts on that offensive line. Let me, the computer froze for a second. Let me uh, get it. My notes here. Appalachian States. Six. They return seven on offense, five on defense. Last year, they were 10 to 4. Uh, composition of the Sun Belt's different with five new arrivals. This is Sean Clark's third year. Great job again uh, developing that offensive line. And that September third game against North Carolina. With North Carolina is kind of cleaner between a blue blood team and a developmental team. Uh, Mac Brown, who's won a national title, coaches North Carolina. And the second game of the season is that testing and m right? $30 million recruiting class, million dollars per recruit. So when you start looking at those games, salesmen think short-term. Businessmen and women think long-term. Both those coaches, uh, Jimbo Fisher, 
Mac Brown had one national title. What that means is that early in the season, you want to play basic football. You want to focus on fundamentals because you have enough talent to beat the opponent. What happened? They don't cover. So you got to look hard at Appalachian State covering the sea games, which figures to be losses. And then they have a conference game, which counts for two against Troy, September 17th at home. So look for Appalachian State to cover two out of three of those games. That's the way you look at it. Because right now during the summer, as we're researching him, coaches are uh, circling games on the calendar. And as the season goes along, the more plays they add on. And they hide plays for the t- specific big games for them, which might be November 3rd at Coastal Carolina. But they might not, they might not show anything, right? All season until November 3rd. They'll show a little bit, maybe a Troy. That gets them through Coastal Carolina, big game, counts for two, big game in the conference. That game, they might throw the kitchen sink at. Plays they haven't seen all year. Not saying that's going to happen, but that's something you have to evaluate and research for each team. So that's Appalachian State. So do your research. It looks good to have 86 career starts on that offensive line. Arkansas State. When you look at the corporate governors, the head coaches, Bush Jones, who comes from the Brian Kelly tree, he's an offensive guy that we knew first year at the old. So he, he made us money knowing he's an offensive guy, knowing he's going to score points, knowing it's his first year there. And that Memphis 55 50, it was an easy over. Also, he's coaching the SEC. He just came in. This is the theme, right? There's going to be a lot of theme. A lot of the coaches that went through the Nick Satan rehabilitation program, now they are uh, head coaches. And they're copying a lot of uh, the philosophy of Coach uh, Satan down at uh, Alabama, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. At Ohio State. So he knows how to game plan. Maybe not beat people, but it's going to be like that Memphis game. 55-50, he covers the spread. Uh, but, you know, 100% was going to lose. Uh, he returns five on defense, five on offense. It doesn't matter. It, it really what matters is who we got in the transfer court. He has 41 starts on that offensive line. They're going to struggle a little bit, but he's going to be spread-based. So a lot of points will be scored. So really what's important for the defense is just to get that one stop. They were 2-10 and 10 last year. However, they covered first in Memphis game. It was easy over. But we don't care about the records of the team. What we care about is our own personal record and profit. Right? So we don't have any problems with our wives watching as much football as we do. So uh, he covered there. He also covered against Louisiana. Styles made fun. So Louisiana had a lot more talent than they had. 
Louisiana is a very successful program. This was his first year in there. So we got the benefit of an 18 point line and Styles make fights. So Louisiana is a running team. They play zone. It's a running team that play zone. For them, a 10 point lead is like a 30 point. So they knew Louisiana knew going into that game. Uh, they just had to be fundamentally sound, not turn the ball over, so on and so forth, and they were going to win easy. So they weren't looking necessarily to blow them out. And target. Obviously, Arkansas State put a lot of things, left them into their back pocket for Louisiana. It was a home game. They hyped it up. And with all the schemes on defense they were hiding, with all the plays on offense they were hiding, uh, they almost beat Louisiana. It was 28-27. We loved it. We were just enjoying the fourth quarter with no worries. Because we had uh, Arkansas State plus 18. So that's how you pick games. You look at mistakes in the line. And you say, oh, this is Bush Jones. He's had some success. He's targeting something. He's hiding plays. Uh, this guy's won national championships at Division Two or Three with Brian Brian Kelly. Uh, he's won conference championships in Cincinnati, uh, the AAT. He coached at Tennessee. He's hiding some plays. And he's targeting some team. Sometimes you call them recruiting games. You hear, oh, the recruits are on Saturday. Are you going to be there? Well, they're hiding plays. So the, these recruits see some success and they see it on their recruiting visits and they go play there, right? Even if you lose, hey, oh, wow, hey, man, we only lost by one point. If you were here, bro, we would have won, right? That's what Coach is saying. And Butch uh, Jones, that's the reason, one of the reasons he was in the Nick St. Rehabilitation Program, is he did a good job of recruiting at Tennessee. He just didn't develop them on the level that uh, Nick Satan does at the University of Alabama, right? So that is Arkansas State. It's about the same thing this year. Always do your research, right? But we have a basic understanding moving into the season. So you're not uh, trying to bet these games are showing up last minute without having uh, adequate amount of information. Remember, the person with the best information wins. So we talked about this program. Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina covers a lot. And people are on, right? Because of the CEO, billionaire guy, who has funded the program and really had design. Because it's really about design. The design of the Tesla, right? The design of the company, right? Elon Musk did all that. Magola. I should pronounce his name that way. I figure out how to do it. He did that for Coastal Carolina. Going into this year, they're returning four on offense, three on defense. So they're a developmental team. So you have to look at who they brought in through the portal. Good offensive philosophy. You recruit in two year cycles. So they might be in a first year of a two year cycle. Where the record's usually better the second year than it is the first year. So in 2019, they were 5 and 7, 2020, 11 and 1, 21, 
they were 11 and 2. Now, remember, there's a developmental team. Not all these guys are going pro. So that extra COVID year kind of extended uh, year two, right? So developmental year was 5 and 7, 19, <coughs> 2019, 2020, 11 and 1, uh, 21, 11 and 2. So they're, you know, 22 and 3. That means it can have inflated lines. So it's like the stock market. Sucker market now is going down because it's oversold and oversold a lot. So the prices are high. Betting Carolina, Coastal Carolina, uh, their price is going to be high, especially early in the season. So you do your research. You never bet blindly. You might go the other way. You got to look at Army, right? That screams under, right? Because Army always has a really good zone defense to keep games under. And they run the ball a lot. They run a lot of clock. Right? So you got to think the under. You got to think RV cover before you do uh, your total research for that game. So very interesting. It's going to be very interesting in the first four games at Georgia State. It's going to be interesting. Coach Sean Elliott. Uh, got to look the other way this year with Coast Carolina because they've had so much success. People are, are going to start bidding them blindly because they watch the SPN. And then you go the other way and make money. Coast Carolina. Jordan Southern. Jordan Southern is near and dear to my heart. We've had a great time in downtown Atlanta. The, the Hummus Place makes the Georgia State. It's awesome. They have eight coming back on offense. Seven on defense. And when you look at the corporate governance, you look at Sean Elliott, Sean Elliott coach for the great Steve Spurrier at the University of Florida, coach with him at South Carolina. He, in my opinion, is a great coach. He's bringing in a new offensive coordinator, but his offenses are pretty straightforward. Coaches set up a shell for the offense, and then the offensive corner puts in their wrinkle. So, obviously, being a Steve Spurrier disciple, Sean Elliott knows a lot of offense. Great recruiter. He returned eight on offense, seven on defense, 143 career starts on that offensive line. He's beaten Tennessee at Tennessee uh, last year. That Auburn game, plus 27, knowing how well John Elliott coached at Tennessee, beating Tennessee, 28 points was ridiculous with Auburn breaking in a new coach. So that was a kind of, uh, of an easy cover. Uh, 24, 34, they lost by 10, but the line was 27. That's so a win for us. And that's what we're focused on. Not, not whether the team won the game. But whether we covered and there's money on the Bitcoin card when the wife goes to pay gas and you do not. Inflation's on college football. Put it out. Right? So that is the focus on it. So you know Sean Elliott is a good coach. You know he's beaten an SEC team on the road. Now he's playing Auburn, breaking in a new uh, offense and a new head coach, Brian Hart. Sean Elliott all the way. He is a great coach. That's why I call him a great coach. If you make money 
on his ability to get his team ready to play. Anyway, uh, he loses the previous week 17-59 to North Carolina. But you think, what? This is smart hope. That means he did not show off his cards against North Carolina. It means more to him that SEC game because maybe he wants to go back to the SEC and be a head coach, proving himself, developing players at George State. That's why having himself developed these offensive line in the trenches, 143 stars. You got to like uh, George State, with all things being equal, doing your research before the game at South Carolina. It's again, South Carolina is one of those teams. They play zone. They run the football a lot. And more often than not, depending on the situation, what does that mean? Under. That means they cover, uh, they do not cover against inferior opponents. We all think we So this will be looked at as an inferior opponent. We know this man does good on the road against the SEC. You gotta start looking at your Georgia State Panthers against the South Carolina, you can't lick our. Hey, there you go. Picking games now and really creating a basis for games creates a lot of mental bandwidth. When you're picking all these games and all these conferences, when the first uh, weekends of college football and NFL football stuff, so. that's another great benefit of doing really good research during the summer. All right, so that's George State. James Vance, they were a powerhouse in the FCS. Then it gets by. As far as their location, James Madison. Now, you look, when you look at where the Sun Belt is, the Carolinas, going up into uh, the DMV area, right? There's a lot of money up there. There's a lot of money in Northern Virginia. There's a lot of money in that Durham, Raleigh, Chapel Hill area. It's high population growth. Really, the weather's like California. People like going there. <laughs> and those very conservative, uh, you know, Tom Taylor floated for the gun bill. So he almost lost last time. So the area's getting a lot less. Uh, conservative and it's grown. Uh, James Madison is making the leap up and it looks good for them. James Madison University. They're in Her 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 Harrington, Virginia, right? So right, right in there. Uh, they got five coming back on offense for defense and they Return, you got a running QB that's going to help that, that offensive line. If they return 65 career starts, their head coach there for corporate governance had a 33 and 5 record, so he's not, not used to losing. Uh, he was an assistant for, you guessed it, Alabama, Nick Satan. Now, all these Alabama coaches, Nick Satan, look for their defenses to line up in the 4 2 5. Which really kind of, when you want to athletic linebackers, right, that you can develop. 
And that's what he's next saying, the fellowship disciples, want to do for the most part. Remember, when we look at football strategy, we're looking at it from uh, a total standpoint, and we're looking at it from pulling up and upset, covering the spread as a dog standpoint. That's what we look at football strategy as. And that's the tool we use. And it was to what? Have money in the Bitcoin card so the wife can pay gas and mitigate inflation. So, uh, James Madison comes up. Middle Tennessee, first game of the season. Chance Nolan, starting quarterback at Oregon State. Played at Middle Tennessee State when he right out of high school. Coach Stockstill, we learned a lot about that. So it's going to be a very good game for James Vance. And so you say, Josh, how's it going to be a good game since uh, Middle Tennessee's uh, middle-level Division One team and James Vance is coming from the FCS? Again, we go back to what? Marginal utility. That there isn't that much difference between the 200th best player in college football and the thousands. Yeah, guy ranks a thousand, right? It's how hard did they work, how hard did they develop, what kind of scheme they have coming into the game. And the biggest difference between FCS and FBS is depth. So 1 through 22, there isn't that great of a difference. That's why they pull up since every year, earlier in the season. The problem comes, you know, your 50th player, your 60th, your 70th player. Alabama's 70th, 70th player can be really good. It can make plays. Maybe get in the NFL. Uh, the 70th best player at James Madison, uh, you look at him and you're like, oh, I can take that guy. But that's the difference. First game of the season, first 22, guys are excited. Not going to be much different between Middle Tennessee and James Matz. Interesting line to look at. As, uh, we'll re- we'll uh, do a podcast and we'll talk about Middle Tennessee in more detail. Then you do your research and then pick that game. But uh, James Madison, the excitement level, you start creating a basis for them. The only problem, yeah, running could be good. The only problem is they don't seem to have a lot of returning talent after that 12 and 2 team they had last year. That's something you got to look at in many games. But James Madison, they're in a good spot in Virginia. It's a great university with wealthy alumni set up, again, marketing, NIL, collective. Very exciting program to look at in the sun, though, which for me is a very exciting conference. They have a lot of fun picking their games. Next, we're going to look at the Old Dominion Monarchs. They were turning 10 on offense, 7 on defense, and they have 70 career starts coming back on the offensive line. Ricky, make it rain. Backs their head coach. Said some problems in the past, but he knows how to talk his way out of it. But he's a Penn State guy. Sandusky is now in jail. The pedophilia, right? He's a guy who designed that zone at Penn State. That, Matt Rule, right? North Carolina's using. 
That's why a lot of Penn State disciple guys are some dusty that defense. The games go under. It's in that zone, you know how to play that zone. Now, when I say zone, I say that's what they primarily play. A team could come out and play man all the time in a particular game, even though they're a zone Penn State. And that's why you have to do your research before every game. However, as a whole, that's what you look at when you look at all the many. They have a lot of people coming back. So it's a developmental program. They go one in ten, six and seven. So obviously they're in the second year of that two year cycle. So at East first game of the season, Friday night, Virginia. Big game there. Then at East Carolina, at Virginia. So look at them to be able to cover, especially at Virginia. An even game, East Carolina could go either way. Virginia Tech breaking in a trailing coach. It's going to be interesting. You have to do your research. We could get rain from a corporate level. It's okay. All right. Me and Matt Rule can say guy through and through. So you're looking at close games. So. If you see a line past the key number, key numbers are important. Key numbers are 3, 7, 10, 17, 21. If it's plus 22, and you read about them, you got everybody coming back, all the players are healthy, you got to pick up as dogs, playing that zone, waiting for other teams to make mistakes. Pounce them. They have enough players back to make people pay for mistakes and to cover and play the line. I gotta look at Virginia Tech line, and I gotta look at the Virginia line. I really like him as dogs. So about conference, the old Dominion Monarchs. That's the story on them. Then you got the Raging Cane. So similar to Coastal Carolina, the last three years, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, where Terry Bradshaw went to school. They have covered a lot of things. Now they have a new head coach. They only returned five on defense, six on offense. They return. For them, it's huge. The offensive line. They did a great job recruiting, bringing guys in the portal to that offensive line. They get, they had like two guys in the NFL every year from this offensive line, from the Raging Cavens. 25 career starts. Breaking in a new coach, Billy Napier, now at Florida. We've got some running back coach. Uh, how well can he bring his staff together and, and, and create cohesion? We don't know. Uh, they're going to have inflated lines being 13 and 1. People not doing the research. You doing your research, uh, great value for you. Especially Louisiana, because we're going to look at last year's record. And they're going to bet last year's thing, which is betting this year for Louisiana, especially early in the season. Got to look the other way. Got to look at Southeast Louisiana. I believe they're in the Southland FCS. Low below. Remember what I told you about marginal utility. Remember what I told you about depth being the only difference between the two teams. Literally, Southeast Louisiana, you got to research them. They have, like, might have more talent. 
then Louisiana coming back. You don't know, but they might. You know, these uh, kids who get kicked out of SEC schools, you know, going to a Southeast Louisiana, coach does a good job putting them together. Man, first game of the season, you know, having negative thoughts in their head yet about the season. Uh, watch out for, we care about covering. Uh, Southeast Louisiana can definitely beat uh, Louisiana uh, early in the season. And, and it could be a coaching mismatch, too. The coach of Southeast Louisiana might have more experience than uh, the new coach here. Michael, well, he has a Cajun name, Miss Maroc. But, uh, yeah, you gotta look at that. You gotta do your research. But, there's gonna be some insulated lines, um, some, you know, that's why you also do your research in your shop. Different sports betting outlets. Because if they're using a computer with an algorithm that's Looking at last year, you're gonna get a lot of that. That's why you see some crazy lines because it's not, there's no human factor. Uh, sometimes it's just a computer, supercomputer spitting out lines and using last year's numbers. And you're looking at what's going on this year. Those who live in the past die in the past. So don't die in the past with what Louisiana, the raging Cajuns have done the last few years. Billion Napiers of Florida. And uh, through the roster, they don't have as, as much uh, talent and experience as they have in the past. That's the Louisiana Reading Cape. Team that pulls upset, that's a dog, is the South Alabama Jaguars. Uh, they got eight coming back on defense, five on offense, and a five and seven last year. You gotta look at corporate governance, right? King Womack, he's the youngest active FBS head coach, young with new ideas. He was a defensive coordinator at Indiana in 1920. Who's that? Coach Allen. Coach Allen's a great coach, great X's and O's defensive guy. So you gotta be happy about that. And he knows how to recruit, uh, Troy Alabama. That where they're at. Let me see. It's not really Troy, but no, South Alabama. There's a lot of great players down in high school in Alabama, Georgia, Florida. They can recruit. And this guy has recruited successfully there before. So he knows what he's doing in that area. Corporate governance. Who can he recruit to the staff? And Pull the staff together with some cohesion, young guy with a lot of energy. So they're in Mobile, Alabama. But Mobile High School is great. So you can't make it to Auburn. You can't make it to the Crimson Tide. Why the heck not go to South Alabama and get coached by uh, a former head coach who's now the offensive coordinator there, Major Applewhite, who Guess it, spent time with Nick Singh in Alabama learning how to coach. But he's as good as it gets, right? He, he's coached for two guys who won national championships. Mac Brown, right? He's an offensive coordinator for Mac Brown, played for Mac Brown, 
He won a national championship and then spent time with Nick Satan. And he did a good job with uh, DeAndre King, right? DeAndre King has best statistics with Major Applewhite at the University of Houston. He was the head coach there. So he knows what he's doing, putting a lot of effort in there. They can make millions again as a head coach. The corporate governance looks good for South Alabama. They got eight coming back on defense, eight on offense. They added guys to that offensive line, and they have, let me look here, South Alabama. They have 71 returning starts. Five and seven team. They open up at Nichols, good FCS team. And at Central Michigan, this coach, uh, Central Michigan, is both a former Florida coach. But they're going to be prepared, ready to play. Then they play at UCLA. And, and, you know, hey, Kelly looks at non conference games at UCLA, Jim Kelly, as practice games. So look at a very motivated South Alabama Jaguar team to. At least cover UCLA and Major Applewhite and Chip Kelly going at each other. Look for that game to go over September 17th at UCLA. That's going to be a very, very interesting ball game. I might be here in Southern California. I might go to that game. Easier game to go with. Don't expect a big crowd there. Could be a lot of fun. My points scored. Maybe. You got to do your research. Looking at it now, creating a basis. Research for South Alabama. Look for them to cover in that game against UCLA. Look for that game to go over. That's why we go 70%. Because right, we're already picking games this early in the process, which creates bandwidth later on. You're playing, maybe picking 20 games on a Saturday. Uh, you got a head start on this game. I like the trajectory of the program at South Alabama. They're a competitive conference like we're looking at. In South Alabama looking good for next year. Now you're looking at a new team, uh, Southern Miss University, a new team in this conference. Brett Favre played here. You got nine guys coming back on offense, seven on defense. Will Hall for corporate governance is their coach. Went three and nine last year. New returns 71 starts on the offensive line. They played Liberty first game of the season. So you have to do your research on what Liberty has coming back. We Liberty has covered a lot of spreads. And with all these players coming back and some miss, they're going to be excited. Regardless how the rest of the season goes, they're going to be excited. They have more time to prepare for Liberty. So look for Southern Miss University to cover that first game of the season. Remember, purpose and outcome. Purpose is to make money. <laughs> right there, that pick, you got to look at it big time. It's coming off a 3-9 and season. Uh, Liberty, uh, maybe losing. They lost the first-round draft picks in the NFL quarterback. They're not going to be as good because the line's going to be inflated. Liberty is going to be oversold. You got to look hard so they miss cover that first game of the season. 
And then Kevin next week, uh, when they play Miami, because Miami is definitely going to be the only team against them. So they really, really have a, a shot. Seven minutes. Seven minutes. Golden Eagles, first year in the Sun Belt. Look for them to cover. Get Liberty and then at Miami. Let's see what Coach got. Let's see what Coach uh, Will Hawk can do with this team. So, we go from Southern Miss. It's safe. They were 14 last year. They returned nine on offense, five on defense. They have a wealth of experience back on that offensive line. 95 career starts and turn four starters. Jake Spittleau is your head coach. He's at West Virginia with uh, Holgerson. So that means you're going to score a lot of points. <coughs> Offensive team, nine guys coming back. Remember, two year cycle. So four and eight. Ninth starters back on offense. Offensive coach. Uh, they remind me of the Philip Montgomery Tulsa State. So I really like Texas State to bounce back and have a really good eight or nine win season. They had four close losses last year. Uh, nine guys coming back on offense were an offensive coach at Nevada. Breaking in new players, new schemes, new coach. You really got to look at Texas State. So I really get excited about the Sun Belt. Maybe first week of the season, I go eight and two, ten and zero. Right? We go. People listening to the podcast, following the process, we can go eight and two maybe with these uh, Sun Belt teams that are being overlooked. We don't do it. What are we doing? Right? Middle of summer. It's July 1st. We're doing our research. Like a really good coach. We're creating game plans for later on in the season. Not waiting until the season starts creating game plan. But during during the summer. That's what we're doing. We're, we're doing our betting game plan. I really like Texas State. First glance, going to do my research on Nevada. But looking at the situation here, really like Texas State at Nevada. First game of the season. If Nevada's going to be a little bit oversold. With uh, a new coach, new players. Very, very interesting for us. That's your Texas State Bobcats. Troy football. Troy Alabama. Nine guys coming back on offense. Nine coming back on defense. Coach Chip Lindsay is a great coach. Joe Craddock is a tight end coach at UAB. Coach Clark is the offensive coordinator at Arkansas. My wife called it Arkansas. Uh, 20, 2019, Joe Wood, who spent the last two years at the Army, is the defensive coordinator. So remember what we said about Army. Army, coached by Coach Monken. His brother is the offensive line coach for your. George Bulldog. Bulldog will hunt for a national championship. 
So great coaching pedigree right there on that defensive coordinator position. Chip Lindsay is a good coach. That's how to put a good staff together. Remember, teams recruit on a two-year cycle. So they're five and seven last year. Nine coming back on offense, nine on defense, and But they to have quality depth on that offensive line. And let me see how many they return on that offensive line. They return. That offensive line over there, Troy, Troy Alabama. Not a lot. Not a lot. So that's going to be a concern. Depending on who they play. At Mississippi, doesn't look too good. At Appalachia State, you got to look for the over, right, with nine guys coming back. Uh, then you look at the zone, though. So, you got to look at the under. So look at that under against Mississippi. And look for that under against Appalachia State. Detroit. Because uh, they're going to be breaking in. They're off the line, making sure they have good depth. Actually, 114 career starts are back. With 114 career starts back, uh, Troy should be good with their offensive line. They're starters, right? So they're probably going to be depth. So early in the season, they're going to be trying to be able to throw the ball on the ground. Their coach is going to be playing that zone. So again, look for the under. The under is, a, is what you're going to look hard at. And, uh, that Mississippi game, Lane Kiffin, that game might be oversold Mississippi. You gotta do your research, make sure that Troy doesn't have a bunch of injuries, especially by the offensive line, to find, uh, that SEC line, those SEC inflated lines that get crazy. Let these people watch ESPN, let them go crazy over SEC team and go the other way, especially when you got a guy like Chip Lindsay that's your head coach. And you have Joe Craddock as the offensive coordinator. And you have Phil Wood as the defensive coordinator coming back. We'll put Monk in an army. Man, I like it. I like give me Troy and the under at Lane Kiffin in your Mississippi. Oldest. Oldest. Now, one team never bet your own team. One team that I gotta check my emotions betting because they're one of my favorite college football teams. And they are the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks with Terry Bowden, who went 12 and 0 in the SEC once with Auburn. Uh, dad, Bobby Bowden, very entertaining. The years I lived in Florida. William Floyd, which I went to high school with, high school classmate, he is the public commentator for the uh, Florida State, Florida State criminal. Uh, he was put by Daddy Bowden. Terry Bowden's out here coaching. Rich Rod was the offensive coordinator last year. He pulled up two upsets for me, putting money in the bank so I can pay for inflation. 
he covered the 32-point line against Liberty. He went outright. He went outright. That was awesome. So, and he covered a 21-point win at Louisiana. So Louisiana hadn't played in the line last year. Uh, Coastal Carolina blew him out 59-6 to kind of justify that play in the line. But then against Liberty, against Styles and fights, they really like to run the ball, big off line of play zone. What does that mean, right? That means they don't cover against inferior opponents, right? And that's what happened. Rich Rod was the offensive coordinator. Rich Rod, again, he's a Jacksonville State. He brought a great developmental coach, developed uh, West, uh, West Virginia to a great team. Then we go to Ubla at Michigan, and they went to kind of a developmental team with the Arizona. And he did a good job there at Arizona. Now he's the head coach at Jacksonville State. Last year, he was the offensive coordinator for the Warhawks. That's why we knew that Liberty Games came over. So it's the Warhawks and the Over made us a lot of money using our process. And the process is not good unless you know how to what? Execute. Right? So, this year coming in, they got eight on offense for defense. Remember, we've got it for the most part an offensive coach. But he did a great job putting the staff together. Matt Kubik, right? Who's, who knows that area. He was an offensive coordinator there from 16 and 19. Was coordinator at Southern Miss. So the bounce no offense. New defensive coordinator is long time coach Vicconi. So he knows how to approach a game plan for each game. If he's in a shootout, he knows he just needs to get that one stop. Throw in a new scheme for that one stop. Old coach. Bringing tricks from his back pocket to win a game. Right? Eight games where he's going to have what? Complementary football. And they got to keep that game right. So it's very important for you to do your research for me to do my research. But Coach Brown is great at what? Corporate governance. Pick the coaches, not the players sometimes. Why? Because the coaches have so much power. Power of who the player. Ron West. So detail. Remember I said business details is important. Ron West is a great staff member for the uh, Warhawks. Why? He's coached there before. He wants to be a head coach. He's being groomed to be a head coach the way Bobby Bowden. Mentor Jim Fisher into being a head coach. It, they're putting it out there, right? They want Ron West to be a head coach. Probably should be a head coach already. He's doing a great job recruiting for, for them right now. And he's their special teams player. Three phases of the game. And remember, uh, Bill Belichick, uh, Harbaugh, brother John Harbaugh, they're, they're special teams coaches. And they won Super Bowls as Special team coaches becoming head coaches. So look for Ron West and you know them. And remember, coaches who won national championships, coaches that go to what we know, know how to target certain games in the season, keep plays in the back pocket, defensive schemes in the back pocket. 
to cover for us now. For them to win their recruiting games, right? To bring them good for that Liberty game. Uh, it was at home. Uh, they beat them 31 20. I bet you there were a lot of recruits there. I saw that. And man, they're like, oh man, I'm going here and it's going to be a lot of fun. And they probably targeted in the Liberty saw, especially on offense for try. They saw a lot of offensive concepts that UNM Warhawks had not done all year. It was brand new stuff. When the you know, quarterback goes to the line, looks over the line, starts his game, calls timeouts. Coach, we didn't practice for this. We didn't see this alive. That's what happens. These targeted games, uh, you figure it out. Sometimes it's not brain surgery. And you're, you're able, because the other teams are oversold because really it's a brand new team that's going to come out. They, they haven't played all season, right? They haven't played the schemes. They haven't played the defensive scheme, the, the situation. They hyped the scheme up. They made sure it was a sellout, close to it. You recognize this. And what happens? You pick the dog and you make money. Because corporate governance is the bad thing. They had won a couple of national titles. They won 70% of the game. They know how to put a staff together, how to research. What games target during the summer? We recognize this. We do our work during the summer like we're doing now. What? We make money. Make money watching football. And the last thing we'll cover in some belt is We Are Marshall. Uh, Matthew McConaughey movie. Which featured who? Bobby Vow. Bobby Vow was in there. It was being the Christian man that he was. When the plane crashed, he helped him out. Literally, I'm getting the start. He may have to do it. Uh, Marshall's arrival with this. But, uh, you know, guys like Bobby Bounds and Dungy, they all prove that you do not have to be an asshole to be successful and rich. You really don't. Uh, there's two ways to go about it. Each way works. They return just 36 for a start. Five on offense, five on defense, new head coach Charles Huff, who was what? Cool. Nick Satan at Alabama. Learning how to coach, learning how to play that 425 defense, improve for the 425 defense. I'm sure their uh, strength and conditioning coach is really good. Their office pointing is really good. Clint Trick. Daddy coach for years at where? Florida State. And then he had, he said, he said his own teams. But as soon as the office coordinator, Bowden, that family, Bowden, where to stay mine, from that line, from that line, knows what? There's no offense. New defensive coordinators, Lance Gidry from Southeast Louisiana that we talked about, Phoenix, New um, State. Those two programs and those Southland programs, Man, watch out for them first, you know, first beginning of the season. You remember, 1 through 22, just as good as anybody else. Big start at Norfolk State. That should be a great game. New South. So let's see how they went together. 76 last year, five on offense, coming back to some defense and three advised. This is a team you're going to have to do your research right before games because there's a lot of unknowns. However, 
I think, especially late in the season, I would bet against them because of numerous American and year-round recruiting. They don't have the resources to really lost that, even in their contract. Well, all of the picks are free. It gave me a lot of information. That's why it's important to listen to these podcasts, take notes, and then listen to the next podcast and do the same thing. And you're not overwhelmed. And remember, the person with the best information wins. There's all this information process, right? We're giving you the tools you need to make money and do it for free. Why? If you have a business in your life and you give one, you get 10 back. It's not religion or philanthropy, it's a business decision. To be able, and a privilege too, in the richest country in the world, to be able to give. That's why we close every five. That's a business thing. In the words of Winston Churchill. Winston's a new Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill, fireside, fireside chats. In World War II, he said, you make a living from your labor, but you make your life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network. Eyes on me! We didn't play football, folks! We didn't play football, folks! You know what I know! But you didn't quit! You didn't quit! We're coming to close! I'm ticked off on you, folks! Don't play, you guys! And you fought! And you fought! And you fought! That's why this one goes to